We're in Luke chapter 35, or chapter 23, sorry. Chapter 23, verse one. Last week, I, uh, I told you that it was messed up. It was just messed up. And, and it was messed up because uh, actually I want to read something to you that I read to you last week, okay? Uh, the Jewish law, and I want to start here because understanding this is important. Jewish law had things laid out just like our laws. You know, you're innocent until proven guilty. You have to appear in a court of law. You can have a jury trial or you can have a judge trial and all those things. You get a prosecutor. There are things that our laws lay out that are set up and people can't just throw you in jail to throw you in jail, right? They can't do that. They can't just take you to the electric chair or anything like that. There are ways, okay? They had ways back then too, okay? And here is what would happen, all right? Here's what would happen. No criminal trial, listen, could be started at night, okay? They wanted people to be fresh, their minds to be fresh, so it was a law. You couldn't start a criminal trial at night. The Jewish council could not initiate a charge, right? That was not legal, all right, they could only consider the charges brought by another party. So someone brought someone in and then they came before the council. The council could say, you have, you have a, a basis for, for charging them or not. The initial proceedings took place at the high priest's home and not in the temple. That's what we looked at last week. All right, they, they, they went to the high priest's house and, and not, to, not in the temple, but they were in the temple. Jesus was tried with no counsel. The defendant was supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. He could not be convicted on the basis of a testimony against himself. So he can't, he can plead the fifth, but the fifth in this was already pleaded for you, okay? You can't testify against yourself according to their laws. Conviction required the testimony of at least two witnesses and that testimony had to be agreeable, had to be in like a story. The stories had to match. They had to affirm their testimony was not on the basis of indirect experience. It wasn't by hearsay. It wasn't presumption. They had to identify times, locations, events about which they testified. False witnesses were subject to the same penalty that the accused was charged with. So if you were charging someone with murder and they were going to be killed, if you lied about it and they caught you, you could be killed too. Whatever charges you were bringing against someone could be brought against you. All right. In capital cases, the death sentence couldn't be carried out until the third day after it was given. So if you accuse somebody of death, you had to wait three days in order for that sentence to be carried out. This meant that the trial couldn't be convened over the Passover so there could be a fast. So you can't have it at Passover because everybody's feasting. And if you're feasting, you can't fast to see if you made the right decision. Pronouncement of guilt by the high priest was contrary to normal order. That is not how the order worked, all right? If a council voted unanimously for conviction, the accused was set free because the necessary element of mercy was presumed to be lacking. So if the high council of elders all decides that you're guilty, you're actually set free because of mercy. Basically, the mercy rule, like softball. Hey, wait, 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 it can't be everyone, all right? has to go before someone else. From start to finish, the Jewish council's trial of Jesus was a mockery of justice. It was in violation of almost every law they set forth. The questions they asked were not sincere. They were, look, they were not looking to get at the truth. They wanted to prove what they thought, so they asked the questions accordingly. They, were, they devised a trap for him so they could then take him to Pilate. Okay? Messed up. Now they're getting ready to take him to Pilate. Here's the next verse after all of the, the council took place. 
Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. Okay, all right, let's start with this. There is a council of religious leaders who have coerced Jesus, not even to admit anything, but they have said things and he has said, you are saying those things. They said, you are a yellow bird. And he went, you're calling me a yellow bird. You are a blind goat. Well, you're calling me a blind goat. He never said I was or I wasn't. He just said back to them what they said to him, all right? They then say, well, you heard it out of his mouth. He's a yellow goat. All right, yellow bird, blind goat. Let's, let's, go, let's go try him for being a blind goat. And they all, now how do you get, how do you do something so inconceivable, so against all the laws and get everyone, not just to agree, but then to act in kind of a, a unison, a choir. They all stand up and they all walk him to the high, to the governor, basically. Like, let's all go. What was at stake here for them? What had to happen for it not to be one guy, one power-hungry person? No, all of them. How, how many conversations had to be had in the back door? You're on, you're on, you're on. We've all got to be in on this, right? You're in. Don't be stopping. We're all going together, right? Come on. All of them played this out and then in unison, harumph, walk this guy alone to the governor and they began to accuse him. Not one person, they began to accuse him. We, we have found this man, all right, subverting our nation. What? The, the guy that was in somebody's house and healed a man that dropped down through the roof, the guy that took a kid's lunchbox and broke it so that everybody could eat, the guy that saw a paralyzed man by the pool and, and healed him and it was on the wrong day of the week for you. The guy that uh, kicked the demons out and put them into the guy's pigs and really upset the farmers. This guy is here to subvert the nation. He is a threat. He's a threat to national security. That's what they're saying. He opposes payment of taxes. I'm sorry, the guy that said render unto Caesar what is Caesar's is opposed to taxes to Caesar. What were you guys smoking before this trial started? All right, what, what, what's, wait. So Pilate is looking at them like they have two heads. They don't, there's like 30 heads, all right? And he says, are you the, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus does the same thing. You, 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 you are saying that I am. You is plural there. You, everybody around me, is calling me this. Then Pilate announced, messed up. Then Pilate announced, I find no basis for any charges against this man. All of you are here. All of you are speaking to me. All of you are bringing me. And I can't throw this stuff against the wall and make one thing stick. 
Nothing you are telling me is true. Wait, wait, wait. Do you guys hear this? I'm talking to you guys here. This is important, teenagers. He's looking at a whole group of people who are saying something is true and he is saying it's not true. I went to the teenagers because here's the problem with being a teenager. When you are in school, when you are in a football game, when you are in the stands, when you are doing everything high school, the group makes the decisions. The masses cause the waves. The sun rises and the sun sets with how the popular crowd, whatever your crowd is, makes a decision. And now, book I've been reading, all right, and now teenagers have moved into this place where there is this circular thing, clusters of friendships, and those clusters actually define morality for your kids. Those clusters define the morality more than here. What they say is true. It doesn't matter if it's false. What they say is true is true to your students, to your children. And that's why we have a generation of people who believe and yell and scream at the top of their lungs about a belief system that they have with no facts based in reality because someone said it for them based on whoever was the best looking, the best talker, the best athlete, the best leader and led the group that way. And because their group accepted them and loved them, gangs, they set the rules and those rules apply for life. It's not the first time. It's not the first time. Everybody wants this. And Pilate says, I can't, I can't go here. None of this is right. This is what? Messed up. So here's what he does. He says, hey, they insisted he stirs up trouble. He is from Galilee and has come all the way here. Pilate says, oh, 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 he's from Galilee. Turns out this is not my jurisdiction. (laughs) Oh, that crime was committed in Tennessee. Praise God for Tennessee. Anybody, anybody? Woo! Devil went down to volunteers. I got you, all right. All right. (coughs) Go cats, here we go. Now, he says, oh, that's Herod's thing. Y'all need to take it up with Herod. And like a darn Oompa Loompa in a Wonka movie, they walk in, okay, let's go to Herod. And they do the same thing. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased. All right, now you need to know why. Herod's been waiting a long time to see this brother. Jesus has been with the common folk. He doesn't get into politics. He does all the healing. He does all the teaching. He attracts all the crowds. Uh, The people who are high up hate him. The whole world other than that seems to love him. And Herod's like, oh, the famous fisherman in my (laughs) house. Still my house though, all right? He's He's got his arrogant boots on, right? And he's like, oh, Jesus is here. Tell me. What's going on? From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform a sign or a miracle. 
as far as he was concerned, Jesus was a jester, right? Sing me a song. Put money in a tin cup. Make the monkey dance, all right? Uh, show me something. Heal somebody. Let's have some fun here. They piled him with many questions. Listen, listen, listen. This is important. And Jesus gave no answer. Now, I'm going to quote something that I quote all the time because it's important. Between the thrones and among the elders, I saw the lamb. He what? The next line. He opened not his mouth. That's from back in the middle of the Old Testament, almost 900 years before this moment. Between the thrones, Herod, Pilate, tossed back and forth between two leaders, among the elders. Who is it that tries him and then takes him? I saw the lamb, Jesus, as though he was slain, been beaten all evening by the folks who wanted him dead, as though he'd been killed, but not yet dead. And he what? Opened not his mouth, refused to respond. 900 years before that, this is gonna happen for the next six weeks, guys, four weeks. Everything the Bible says is going to happen. Hundreds, five hundreds, thousands of years before it happened will happen just like they said. The chief priests were standing there vehemently accusing him and Herod and his soldiers ridiculed him, dressing him in elegant robes and sent him back. Herod says, I can have fun with him. I can dress him up and parade him around like the class clown. We can push him around in the hallways and bully him. But at the end of the day, when this gets to the principal's office, you know and I know that he hasn't done anything wrong. You're accusing him of wanting to take over my kingdom, right? And I'm still king. This guy's no threat to me. So what you're accusing him of is actually going down right here because you're bringing him here for me to actually sentence him. So I'm still king, so he can't be king. This, this is all wrong. Dress him up like a clown and parade him back out. Make fun of him if you want to, but I can't, I can't accuse him. So they run him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had become enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests and rulers. And Pilate's like, uh. And so he says, fellas, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. This is madness. Come here, come here. You brought this man as one who was... <laughs> You brought this guy as one who was inciting a rebellion, all right? When that happens, generally somebody's pulling a Mel Gibson, yelling and screaming, all right, and rallying the troops to go murder someone. The rallied troops here are us, and the only person not yelling and screaming is him. So the accusation about inciting a riot is actually about us. We might want to flip the script here. Herod can't find a basis for accusing him. I can't find a basis for accusing him. 
Therefore, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to mess with him. And then we got to let him go. I'm going to give you a little something, something. But if we don't stop this now, the law, the order is going to be destroyed. Aha! Listen to me. I think the Bible is making a big point here. The whole crowd. It's not just every elder now. It's everybody. When what is popular screams out. All that's happened now is everybody showed up. It's like, you know, when you go, everybody shows up to see a concert, right? And the the person who's supposed to sing doesn't show up. What happens to the crowd? Crowd's mad. Somebody owes me something. And so they go, all right, we'll give you something, right? We'll give you something. We got prisoners in there. You want to see an execution? Well, have us an execution. Somebody slap Jesus a few times. Flog him if you want to, but we got to let him go. There's this guy, Barabbas. We'll kill him. Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Barabbas had been thrown into prison for insurrection and for murder. Barabbas had already been accused, convicted in all the ways that you're supposed to be wanting to release Jesus. Pilate asked them again. Third time. Third time Pilate said, we got to let him go. But they kept shouting, crucify him. I'm getting a little worked up. You know why? If this was me and I was doing exactly what God wanted me to do and I was following the plan that God wanted me to follow and I was doing what was righteous instead of what was right and I was choosing everybody else over me, right about here, probably earlier, (coughs) I'm going to need God to step in. I'm going to need God to throw some thunder, to send some lightning, to bring another flood and give me a mountain. It's time for God to do what God does because God needs to answer when I do it right. Church, let me give you the reality of being a believer. God does it when God thinks it's right and you live because of it. For the third time, he spoke to them, why? What crime has he committed? I have found him no grounds. Therefore, I have to punish and release him. With loud shouts, they demanded he be crucified. And, listen, and their shouts prevailed. Over and over again in our culture, this is going on. The squeaky gets the cry out, 98% say silent, 2% win. 5% cry out, 95% stay silent, 5% wins. This is politics. This is why we don't vote here. 
It's a true story. That's why you're stuck with me and Celine and Hibschman. Sorry. So Pilate decided to grant their command. Greg, I got your, uh, Steve, I've told you this story before, but I've just told it. I want to read it. I told you everything was just like God had intended. And even when we don't understand, you've got to know that in the good and in the bad, God is doing exactly what is supposed to be done. In ancient times, said the teacher, on the holiest day of the year, Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, a unique ceremony took place. The high priest would stand before all the people with two goats. Each goat had to be identical in appearance to the other. And as much as they could be raised, grown the same, and then chosen for their lack of blemish, their exact color and eyes, their exact height, their exact weight, they had to be identical. Interestingly enough, you remember the shepherds that were tending over the flock by night when Jesus was born? They were a very special breed of shepherds. Do you know what they bred? The sacrificial lambs the goats to be used. The high priest would then reach in to an urn and pull out two lots, one in each hand. The lots had a different Hebrew word inscribed on it. He placed one on the head of one goat and one on the head of another goat. One stone identified the goat that would die as a sacrifice for the sins of the people. The other identified the goat that would be set free. So before there could ever be a sacrifice, there had to be a presentation of two goats before the people and the determining of two lots and two destinies. What happened to the Messiah? What do you mean, says the student? What took place on the day he was sacrificed? He was presented before the people. Yes, for the determining of two destinies. So that's why there was two. That's why there were two men presented to the people. Exactly. And only one could be the sacrifice. So the Messiah had to be one of two lives presented to the people in order for the chosen to be sacrificed. And according to the mystery, the other one had to be set free. So what happened to the other life that was presented on that day? They let him go. And what was his name? Barabbas. According to the requirements of the ceremony, the two goats had to be identical. Messiah was the son of the Father God. Do you know what the name Barabbas means? I do not. Barabbas comes from two Hebrew words. Bar, which means son of Abba, the Father God. So the sacrifice and the one set free were identical. So God died in your place. And in order to do so, he had to become, oh, get this, like me. Emmanuel, God with us. The God becomes what? 
man, fully divine, but what? Fully human, identical to you so that when he dies, you can be as horrible as this was, as messed up as this was, it worked out exactly like God. It worked out exactly like you needed it too. So when you're fighting the battle of righteousness and it feels like over and over again, you wish God would swoop in and save the day. Remember, all things work for the good of those who loved him and are called according to what? His purpose. It was purposed that Barabbas would be in prison on that day and the crowd would do the unrighteous to bring. God made him who had no sin to become sin so that we might become his righteousness. That's messed up. But that's good news. Let's pray. God, sometimes there just aren't words. So in the sounds of silence, would you, would you draw every heart in the room to in this moment of silence, speak the words for each individual in the room that your word would have them say, that your word would have them feel, that your word would have them contemplate. What is God saying to you? What does God want from you? How does God want to free you? Lord, make us to know thy ways. Teach us your truth. Lead us in your paths of righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen.